Welcome to the 91st Minute. I'm Ryan Shop, and I'm joined as always with Tom Hayes. Tom, how are you? I'm very well, yourself? Uh, very good. Uh, this week, we're going to get into the Euros, which kicked off on Saturday morning for us uh, here in Australia. Um, we'll be then having a look at the week's events in the rundown. We'll move it on with the transfer whispers and finish off with some fixtures, um, mainly focusing on the Euros, as that's yes. really all, all that's um, For the next few up. weeks. Yeah, so yeah. let's get into it. So, obviously, over the weekend, the Euros kicked off uh, Saturday morning at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome uh, with Andre Bocelli uh, singing Nessun Dorma uh, before Turkey and Italy took to the field. Um, so, we'll go through those fixtures first. Uh, so, obviously, kicked off with Turkey v Italy. Italy winning that three goals to nil. Um which is a perfect way for them to start their campaign. Uh, obviously, now are 26 matches unbeaten, and I believe they have a new record for clean sheets, uh, consecutive clean sheets as well. Uh, so, yeah, Italy dominating Turkey in that one. Uh, next up in Group A, we had Wales and Switzerland uh, playing at a 1-1 draw. Uh, Switzerland were denied the winner due to offside, I believe in the 70-something minute. Um, which would have, I believe Switzerland, they seemed like the, the stronger team, especially towards the end of the game. Um, next up was one of the uh, more, what's the word? Dramatic. Dramatic, yeah, uh, games. Uh, not because of the game, but uh, for one Christian Eriksen, uh, which was plastered all over the media. Uh, Denmark lost the game to Finland. One goal to nil. Um, however, in the, I think it was the 54th minute, 53rd minute, Christian Eriksen collapsed and went into cardiac arrest um, during the match. Uh, their captain, Denmark captain, Simon Kier, uh, performed CPR on the pitch uh, before the medicals arrived. Um, and they finished off the CPR mm. and ended up using a defibrillator. Defibrillator. Defibrillator, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, before he was taken to hospital, um, yeah, and it was only about an hour later he was uh, said to be in a stable condition um, where he was actually on FaceTime with the Denmark team and the squad and he said he wanted the game to go ahead, so yeah. which it did, uh, which saw Finland score their first uh, goal in a major tournament mm-hmm. uh, through Joel Pohanpalo, um, resulting in their first win in a major tournament. Um, but yeah, the focus was around Christian Eriksen and his health. Um, thankfully, he's in a stable condition. I think he's been uh, discharged from hospital as well, which is a good sign. Um, I doubt we'll see him throughout the competition again. But if he does, it'd be pretty miraculous. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Next up uh, was Belgium v Russia, uh, which Belgium pretty convincingly won that one. Yep. Uh, Romelu Lukaku was uh, outstanding for them. Scored a brace as well, going to the top of the top well, the golden boot, I suppose, uh, for now. <laughs> There's still quite a few games to go. Uh, Austria uh, defeated North Macedonia, uh, three goals to one. Uh, Goran Pandev scored North Macedonia's first goal in a major tournament at 37 years old, uh, which is quite remarkable. Um, but Austria's second half was pretty strong to give them the three points. Uh, scoring two in that half. 
Um, probably the strongest, uh, sorry, <laughs> this game probably has a strong case for game of the tournament so far. The Netherlands defeating Ukraine three goals to two. Uh, they went into halftime at nil-nil. Netherlands went 2-0 up, uh, I think, within a matter of minutes mm-hmm. in the 50th, in the 53rd or 53rd and 56th minute. Uh, only for Ukraine to score uh, two within a matter of minutes as well, uh, I believe yep. in the 70th something minute. Yeah, I uh, well, they scored in the 75th and the 79th. Yeah. Um, it was Yum Malenko and Yaramchek. Yeah, Yaramchek. Um, sorry if I've mispronounced those names. Yeah. I think there's something a bit, I don't know, obvious, but a bit... Um, the, it, this says two things to me. One minor, but one... Um, I think the major thing that it says is Netherlands are quite far off where you would expect them to be, or the big the big boys, you know, the Germanys, the po- Portugals, France, uh, England, and um, such nations. Um, considering this was in Amsterdam mm. at Johan Cruyff Arena, where a good half of the players play for Ajax, and that's the home stadium. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they've, I know they've suffered a few injuries and things, but um, yeah. Also, it says I think Liverpool are fools. Were fools to let one Nelson go. He had an absolutely stunning. Um, yeah, he second does, half especially. He, lo- he shows up for Netherlands. I think he yeah. has. He scored more goals for Netherlands, uh, playing as a midfielder. He is their captain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, he plays a bit more of an attacking role in the in the Netherlands setup, which is pretty quite. It's quite effective. Um, so, yeah, Yamalenko, as he said, he scored the first of Ukraine's two. Um, a really good goal as well outside the box, curling into yep. the top left. Did you see that they were, their kits were banned? Ukraine's? Yeah. Really? Oh, they had to wear that, that black kit, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because um, on their kit, um, that there was a yellow kit, um, their home kit, and it had an outline of the Crimean Peninsula, which Russia oh. invaded in 2014. Yeah. And it was deemed political. So, UEFA... Um, Said band. You could barely see it though. Yeah. It was like a little pattern. I'm like, wow. Um, but that was something interesting. Um, yeah. Um, where was I up to? Oh, yeah. Denzel uh, Dumfries scored the winner for Netherlands in the mm-hmm. 85th minute, um, which I think a good thing for them is that with the injuries they had, they're lucky to get the three points as well. Or probably not lucky. They probably deserve the three points, but they escaped with the three he points. He sounds more say. Scottish than uh, Dutch, doesn't he? Denzel Dumfries, Dumfries yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a van something. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and moving on to the final game, which was actually not the final game because it was played before both of those games. Yep. Uh, England defeating Croatia one goal to nil. Raheem Sterling scoring the sole goal of the match. Mm. Um, Calvin Phillips played uh, probably the most important role for England, shut down uh, match. Luka Modric and provided the assist for Raheem Sterling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was up there for Ben of the match. I, I think uh, Sterling, obviously, with the goal. Kane did did a good job. He was always persistent. I think Mason Mount, Declan Rice, they were they were pretty good. Um, Mings also played very Trippier well. Trippier, with the, he almost emulated that goal um, against... Uh, uh, against... Croatia, they had luck. Yeah, Croatia. yeah. Yep. Um, the free but kick. But it didn't go as well. But the thing is, um, every time England has gone up 1-0 in a major tournament, they have lost the match. Yeah. So, I think um, that, so that was a bit of a thing in the back of most of... I think um, the good thing here is that they didn't go... Uh, last time they played Croatia in a, in the finals, mm. they went 1-0 up very early, which gave yeah. Croatia a lot of time to regroup and go ahead yeah. as they did. I this think, time they, you know, they 
they had the momentum mm. towards the back end of the match. I think the first half was actually more exciting. It just yeah. was a better game. And they were very tired, you could see, especially once they got... Because it was 30 degrees or something. And yeah. Wembley's a weird stadium where like a third of the pitch is covered in shade and the rest is directly in the sun. sun. Yeah. Um, but no, I think England has done really well to get over a very experienced um, Croatian side. Yes, um, which is probably the first of their many hurdles so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is uh, all the results we have uh, so far in the tournament. Uh, next week, there's going to be 20 Hello. plus games yeah. <laughs> to go through. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. But for now, we'll move on to the rundown. Now it's time for the rundown and kicking things off on Tuesday, the Swiss Ministry of Justice uh, indicated that UEFA and FIFA will not be able to request a disciplinary investigation against the founders of the Super League. Now, if you're unaware, UEFA and FIFA, like uh, the organizations such as the Olympics, base their headquarters in um, Zurich, I believe, uh, in Mm -hmm. Switzerland. Um, So they're obviously... um, Rela- uh, they obviously revolve around um, yeah, Swiss law, um, mainly because there's good tax things in Switzerland and stuff. But yeah. we won't get into that. Um, and they're quite, and they're a neutral country, which helps yeah. in case of wars. Anyway, uh, so this is a bit interesting. I don't think it can stop uh, the what's it called? The fines? No. Um, CAS, the the Court of Arbitration oh, yes, of the Sport, right. if they wanted to do something because they're independent. So this is a very interesting thing. Um, yeah. You wouldn't, you don't generally see the Swiss government getting on any of these issues. Yeah. So basically, what they've said, there hasn't been any new information since what you've just said. Um, but yeah, your wife and FIFA have pretty much been advised not to retaliate against those three clubs uh, in terms of fines or bans. Um, so at this stage, they will be playing Champions League football, uh, and they'll receive similar fines, not extended fines, to what the uh, other clubs have. Um, but since then, UEFA have suspended all potential punishments and sanctions towards those three clubs. Um, yeah, as you said, CAS, I believe, still can, you know, break down their law on them. But that's just a matter of time, I suppose. Yep. Um, uh, what do we have next? Also, oh, actually, sorry. Um, another thing was... Oh, no, yeah. Go ahead. I think you're about to talk about yeah. it. Also, on Tuesday, Juventus appointed the Australian Joe Montemiro, I think that's his name. Oh, yeah, I've forgotten his last name that many times. Montemuro, I, I would say. Um, he's Australian uh, to be the manager of the Juventus women's team, which is a big step up for an Australian there. It's undershadowed by another big bit of news that we'll it talk is. about soon. Um, <clears throat> but that's not next. It's close. Yes, yeah, close. Um, next uh, is on Wednesday. Um, what do I have here? Sorry. Wednesday, before I say what you've written down, um, something that probably... We didn't mention in the games because they haven't played yet. Is Spanish defender Diego Lorente yes. has tested positive for COVID, um, which was confirmed by the Spanish FA. Uh, Lorente was the second Spanish player to test positive after Sergio Busquets. Um, yep. So yeah, interesting how that might unfold. Yeah. So I don't know because they're already in like their own confinement, so mm. they don't, they can't go out. Um, they're doing po- they're doing tests every day. So if they test positive, uh, if they test negative, they will be able a bit available for selection. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they don't have to actually quarantine. Oh, they have to quarantine until they uh, return a negative test. Yeah. Um. Which I'm not sure what the update is there, but yeah, they're hit Busquets as well. One of the 
probably one of the biggest Spanish players. Definitely. Staple of their midfield. Yeah. Um, also on Wednesday, uh, Maurizio Sarri replaced Simon Ingzani as the Lazio manager. Um, an interesting move, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess uh, with Sarri... Uh, he's been out of the game for about a year yeah. uh, as, as a manager, um, following his sacking at Juve. Um, but he did he did quite well, uh, even though his goal was to win the Champions League, which is probably one of the hardest things to do in football. Um, so yeah, that resulted in his sacking. But yeah, besides that, he still won the league, um, and he lost. He got the to the cup finals of the that season. Uh, he lost both, but yeah, um, yeah. He has like this aura that he doesn't get along with people and their fans and, and the club. Um, but since he is Italian, I guess. I'm just trying to find the tweet. Lazio tweeted something. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was just a cigarette. Yeah, That's how they and, announced and it. And a couple other emojis. Just yeah. Maurizio Sarri is famous for his smoking when he yeah. shouldn't probably be. Um, and gets he gets told off for smoking on the touchline all the time. Yep. Uh, also on Wednesday, I've got another thing written down here, but I don't think it's that big. Um the Premier League uh, Big Six were fined. Um, oh, the, sorry. The Premier League fined the Big Six clubs. Yeah. Um, the supposed Big Six clubs, if you're not aware. Uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Manchester City, Manchester United, and Arsenal. Arsenal. Always forget Arsenal. <clears throat> not biased. Um, a combined £20 million on top of the £25 million future something fun that they've already yeah pledged, that gets fined in the in a season up ahead it was a bit bizarre um yeah. so it's it it's um it's called sorry it's called the joint for, it, it was designed for community football in england or something that one this yeah. one is 22 or 2022 yeah. 3.3 3 to 3.5 mil each yeah it's nothing yeah it's but, a flick on the wrist but i think the biggest thing is if they leave or if they if they yeah. threaten to um, join a create a breakaway league, even if they pull out like they did this time, yeah. they will be deducted thirty points and fined ridiculous amounts. I can't remember how yeah. much it was. So thirty points is, I mean, if it's a really close season, like if you're only around 60, mm. 70 points, that could relegate a club. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's huge. And there was also a uh, thing about something that suggested uh, the British government uh, might be suggesting if a club does that the international players will have their working permits revoked wow. so that would be massive just and destroy just a club basically yeah. making sure it can never happen again yeah um which is good i think um let's move on to the big news moving on um it depends who you are but yeah this is pretty big news uh a former socceroos on thursday former socceroos coach Ange postacoglu joined celtic as their manager now yo on uh where is it Sorry. On Tuesday, um, there was a quote circulating uh, from Ange Postecoglou, mm. which is quite interesting. He says, I want to wake up tomorrow morning and the papers are not talking about the next AFL player who effing farted or effing uh, NRL player who did something stupid or some effing rugby uh, union thing. I want him talking about our fucking game. I want him talking about us. Um, so I think, I mean, a lot of Australian football fans would probably... Uh, share this um, yeah. frustration. It's like a no-nonsense comment there. There's no... Hey? It's his no-nonsense comment. Yeah, there. yeah. It's very good to see. And I think, you know, he'll fit in quite well at um, 
at Celtic. Mm. Uh, he obviously has managed here for a while. Yeah, do you want me to go through yeah, if you a want. quick rundown of him? Uh, so he's he's managed quite a few clubs, but mm-hmm. top um, top tier clubs. We've got Brisbane Raw or in A League, Brisbane Raw winning the Premiership and Championship in the 2010-11 season, um, and the Championship in the 2011-12 season. Uh, went on a 36 match unbeaten run, which is still a record. Ten years later, uh, in Australia, uh, he went and then coached Australia uh, in the 2014 FIFA World Cup, uh, where we faced. Chile, Spain, and Netherlands, pretty much the group of death besides Australia, uh, even though we still managed to get st- some points against some of those teams. Um, and the year later, he won the AFC Asian Cup uh, with Australia. Um, and then since then, he moved on to J-League side, Yokohama F Marinos. Uh, in his first season, or when he was appointed there, uh, Yokohama without facing relegation, mm. uh, which they survived. Um, and that same season, they made the final of the J-League Cup, um, which was quite big at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, and then the year later, in 2019, he won the J-League, which was Yokama's first league title in 15 years. Um, and yeah, Postacoglu became the first Australian manager to win a Japanese league title. And yeah, now moving on to Celtic and Scottish Prem, which is probably the biggest, or well, definitely is... The biggest uh, club job in his career. It will be, yes. Yeah. Um, who knows? The Premier League may be next. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Um, hopefully he does a very good job there and he has big tasks to um, get over uh, uh, Rangers who yes. had an amazing season uh, in the Scottish Premiership. Yep. Moving on, on Saturday, Jordan Henderson and Raheem Sterling were awarded an NBE both, both they were not sharing one, uh, for their work and contribution throughout the COVID-19 pandemic in, I think, around um, their communities in Manchester and Liverpool. Yeah, so yeah, pretty much just said it all there. They worked alongside the NHS uh, pretty much all through last mm-hmm. year, since like April last year, all the way through to still now doing that. Um, so yeah. I mean, in Henderson's um, defence, he wasn't playing, so he had to do something. Um, but <laughs> yes, good, on him. So. good on him, good on him, great to see. And I think Mar- Marcus Rashford, as it was announced, also received an MBE. Um, was it an MBE or an OBE or CBE? One of them. I think, I think it was an MBE. Yeah, I think it yeah. was an MBE. Um, but that was announced a while ago. And yeah, um, I think, I wouldn't be surprised in a few years if Rashford is knighted, um, yeah. just if he can te- keeps up the um, efforts he's done. Um, yeah. But both of these uh, two are doing a lot of good work and I know a lot of the clubs um, in these areas have done really good work. Um, do you have any more news? I don't have any news. I have one interesting story I heard. Yeah, so do I, but you can go first. All right. Uh, so former a former Premier League uh, Manchester United... Sorry. Former Manchester United Premier League player Patrice, uh, Patrice Evra uh, had an interesting story uh, that I came across and said... One day, we, we were tired after a Manchester United game, so we decided not to sign any autographs and get directly on the bus. Then suddenly, we saw Ferguson, Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson, that, who that is, if you don't know, uh, signing autographs for the fans for 45 minutes. He then got on the bus and yelled at us all, Who do you think you are? These people are paying your salary. These people come to see you. Now go effing... Sign them. Um, so we had to sign an or- the, all everyone's autographs. Um, so they went, like he got the players off the bus and made them sign autographs. And I came across this and I thought, 
that's what they're missing. Um, I'm, I've probably said it a few times in um, old podcasts, um, but I think that respect for the fans and the way the club run was run, yeah. um, it's not the way it is now. And I think that's showing how much a manager can have an effect on you know the culture of the club. And yeah, um, very interesting story too, I think. Yeah, mine's less of a story. It's more news. Okay. Um, something I didn't even know that was happening. The Spanish Football Federation agreed to a deal that now sees Saudi Arabia host the Spanish Supercup or the Supercopa de España. Yeah. Now they had that the Super Supercopa de España was played in Saudi Arabia in 2019. Mm. Obviously, it couldn't. They had it contracted for two years. Last year they couldn't do it there. This year they couldn't do it there. Um, so now from 2021-22 season all the way to 2028-29. <laughs> It's going to be played in Saudi Arabia. It's the money. That's what it is. I think that's so um, odd. It's a bit odd. Um, also, last bit of, I suppose, interesting thing. Harry Maguire's first name <laughs> is not Harry Maguire. What is it, Tom? Is it, what, is it Jacob? No, yeah. what is it? It is Jacob. I think it's Jacob. Yeah. Um, which shocked me. Um, <laughs> it's just something randomly I came across. Wikipedia, Harry Maguire, you'll see it. But yeah, so Jacob he goes Maguire. by Harry. Anyway, um, I think that is all for that's the rundown this week. Alrighty, so this week on Transfer Whispers, uh, the transfer window actually opened uh, for the Premier League uh, during the week. So there's quite a bit of movement. Um, it opened. Not, actually, sorry. not, not sorry. quite movement. I've got the exact. It opened um, officially yeah. on at at um, 12.01 a.m. on the 9th of June and it will close at 11.59 uh, of the 31st of August, um, yep. Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah, so UK. There we go. Um, so yeah, there you go. there's obviously quite a bit of rumours, or uh, more rumours than usual, mm-hmm. uh, regarding players and their movements. Uh, it all kicked off with Emiliano Buendia confirming his move to Aston Villa. I think it was a fee of £33 million pounds plus add-ons uh, on a five-year deal. So yeah, Aston Villa getting uh, another playmaker in their mm-hmm. squad. Um, so if they're able to hang on to Grealish, that'll be pretty deadly. Uh, for their... And they'll be aiming at Europe next season, if they can. To win the Premier League. Um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, another confirmed deal during the week was Jorginho Wijnaldum to PSG. Obviously, uh, thought he was going to go to Barcelona only a couple of weeks ago. Backflipped on them, went to PSG. That deal is complete on a free transfer. Three-year deal. Uh, he will... Hasn't completed... Medi- I, Maybe he has. I maybe I haven't updated it, but I think his medicals have been completed. Why? It, it was just before the first game, I believe. He might have done. I'm yeah. not too sure, but I, believe I don't think they can confirm a deal without medicals being. Yeah, done, they so. don't have to. Yeah. Um, it could be a stipulation in the contract, though. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, Italian goalkeeper Gianluigi Donnarumma uh, at AC Milan at the moment. However, is a free agent this summer. Uh, he is now awaiting confirmation to join PSG. Uh, his medicals are the only thing holding that back. Um, as he, I think it's after their next game, uh, after Italy's next game, he'll complete his medicals. Uh, five-year contract has been verbally agreed on. Kaylor Navas, the current goalkeeper, is expected to also stay. Um, and Donnarumma will continue to wear shirt number 99. Next up... Uh, also involving AC Milan is Brahim Diaz of Real Madrid. Um, 
This one is very close to finishing up. Uh, D has spent the 2020-21 season on loan from Real Madrid at AC Milan. Milan wanting back on loan. This time they want an option to buy. The negotiations are almost complete there. Uh, Medical is obviously uh, already done as he's already played there. Um, next up, we have some advanced staged uh, movements. Next up is Odson Edouard, the Celtic uh, striker, uh, is now in negotiations with Leicester uh, for a final fee of his transfer. Uh, the personal terms are also in negotiations currently. Uh, so we may see Watson Edouard move to Leicester during this summer. Uh, next up is Memphis Depay of Lyon. Uh, he's been linked to Barcelona since probably this time last year. Uh, wasn't able to complete a deal then. Uh, Barcelona offering Depay a three-year contract, obviously on a free transfer. Uh, Depay is now leaning towards Barcelona as Komen has been confirmed as the manager for next season. Um, Juventus had reportedly offered Depay a contract worth 3 million euros more per year uh, than Barcelona offered. So that's all up in the air. Just poaching Barcelona players at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's what they kept for trying to cut Mm. their wage bill. Um, And another advanced stage uh, transfer is Granit Xhaka from Arsenal. Um, As we reported a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mourinho, the new AS Roma manager, Mm. wants uh, Xhaka part of his setup. Uh, he's agreed to personal terms. Uh, the clubs are in an advanced stage over a final fee. Uh, it's a five-year deal. It's been put on the table till June 2026. A fee of around 18 million euros there uh, going the way of Arsenal. Um, and some ongoing transfers or uh, ongoing movements. Uh, we have Moise Keane of Everton uh, may complete a move to PSG. Uh, PSG are negotiating with Everton. Uh, they want PSG want to loan him for another season. Everton uh, want to sell for no less than 40 million euros. So Everton do not want a loan uh, now. Uh, so yeah, Everton is just going to wait for their new manager to make a decision or to be a part of that decision-making, which looks like could be Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, mm-hmm. Barcelona's junior Firpo is looking like he may join AC Milan. Uh AC Milan reopened talks with Barcelona for Firpo. They were talking about transfers during the winter. Uh, so, yeah, clubs were in contact last winter, or last winter, I should say. Um, so, yeah, that's all reopened. Next up is uh, Akraf Hakimi into Milan, right mid slash right back, uh, 22 year old. He could be on the move to PSG or Chelsea. Uh, they're both in negotiations with. Uh, into Milan. PSG wanted to originally pay 60 million euros. Chelsea matched their bid. Milan won 80 million euros. Um, so those, both those clubs are currently in negotiations with AC Milan. I assume it'll end up being uh, highest bidder wins <laughs> in that one. Uh, next up is Jaden Sancho. Um, back. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, next up is Jaden Sancho. Um... Uh, yeah, as we talked about last summer, almost moved to Manchester United. The clubs couldn't agree on a fee. That could be the same situation now. <laughs> uh, United in negotiation with Dortmund for Sancho fee. Dortmund originally wanted 95 million euros. They lowered their price to about 78 uh, million pounds, mm. um, which is now apparently off the table. 
Uh, United's opening offer was 70 million euros. Personal terms have been agreed again. Uh, five-year contract, earning around 350k a week, which is kind of massive. Yeah, it's it's more than Bruno Fernandes was offered. Yeah, which is it's a big big move. Yeah. Also, I think they're gonna ask for more if England win the Euros. Probably. For sure, because then he'll um, be Euro winner. Yeah. All their values are just skyrocket. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So yeah, since then, uh, United have then offered. 78 million euros, which was Dortmund's lowered price mm. uh, regionally. Uh, while Dortmund have reportedly lowered their offer or their price to 90 mil. So they're still 12 mil apart. Um, but as you said, they're still till the end of August for them to figure this one out. So hopefully they've got a bit more time to do so. Next up, the one you've been waiting for, Erling Haaland uh, to Chelsea. Now, this one is... The only way this one can happen is if um, Abramovich does something massive, which... I won't put off the table. Uh, Chelsea have a strong England interest in Haaland. Dortmund, uh, Dortmund's stance is they have no intention to sell him, especially if Sancho is to leave. Um, but there's a good chance they could uh, be without both of them next season. Uh, Re- Re- Fabrizio Romano said the only way to get Haaland is through a crazy bid, uh, including commissions, a fee, and the salary. A deal could exceed 400 million euros. Uh, the fee, uh, Dortmund don't want to sell him... Uh, the the maximum no the minimum fee Dortmund want to sell him for is one hundred and fifty four point five million pounds. I've heard that Chelsea are willing to 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 pay one hundred and seventy in transfer fee. There you go. So, um, it's not a Fabrizio. So take yeah. that with a pinch of salt. But I've heard from decent sources um, that Roman especially and the board are pretty pretty much behind it. Think, yeah, the um, only thing that's that hasn't moved this over to an advanced stage is the clubs haven't been in contact with Haaland for a personal agreement yet. Um, so yeah, it's just Dortmund uh, and the speculation with Abramovich wanting to spend mm. mass amounts for him. But that one will probably be monitored for the I, next couple of and months. And I do think that the Hakimi move for Chelsea is a, a Tuchel idea rather yeah. than the club board movement um from my understanding uh anyway so hopefully move on uh still involving chelsea ruben loftus cheek uh has been approached by lazio over a loan deal Mm. um obviously sorry must have liked him potentially yeah this is actually before sorry was appointed so Mm. there you go well unofficially unofficially but uh yeah as i said lazio interested in a loan deal tomori to ace milan uh, it's still the same situation. We're waiting on that a confirmation. AC Milan is still pursuing Giroud, even though he signed a contract. They can offer a, a fee for him. Yeah. Um, As I said, have to... um, obviously, in the old podcast <laughs> yeah. a week ago, um, I was saying that I think they've done this. So Chelsea's done this so they can get a transfer fee yeah. um, from Giroud. Because um, I've also heard grumblings that Giroud wasn't particularly happy that they've extended his contract. Yeah, because it was Chelsea's idea to yeah. trigger that. Yeah, um, I don't think he's particularly unhappy, yeah. given um, the situation Chelsea are in at the moment. But yeah, um, continuing, uh, Club Bruges uh, left wing Noah Lang uh, has been has open talks uh, between Bruges and Leeds United. Uh, Bruges want to offer Lang a new contract, but yeah, Leeds. Uh, Phoenix talks with Bruges over a, a potential fee. 
for him, another promising uh, left wing. I think he's only about 21 years old. Uh, so plenty of potential still there. Um, Florian Newhouse, the Mönchengladbach uh, holding midfielder, has been linked to Liverpool, 24-year-old. Um, Klopp reportedly sees Newhouse as a one Eldon replacement, even though there's been talks that he may even opt to um, promote Curtis Jones' role in the squad, uh, play as one Eldon's replacement. Uh, so, yeah, talks have opened between Liv and Mönchengladbach there. Ben White of Brighton and Hove Albion has been linked to Arsenal, uh, the bloke that just got his uh, England... Uh, he's in the England squad. Uh, he was the final man after Alexander mm. Arnold was an injury. Um, so, yeah, 23-year-old centre-back. He has... Uh, Arsenal are preparing a move for him. Uh, Brighton will ask around 40 to £50 million pounds for White, which I think may be a bit out of Arsenal's budget for a player of his calibre. I think that Arsenal will not get him because they will low-ball it like they tend to do. Yep. <laughs> Potentially, yes. Uh, and the final transfer whisper uh, is Gianluigi Buffon, the outgoing Juventus goalkeeper, 43 years of age, now looks as if he will return to Parma, where he began his career about 26 years ago. Yeah, roughly 26 years ago. Um, so, yeah, they're discussing a two-year contract on the table. Uh, Besiktas also showing interest, but if it's between the two clubs, I think <laughs> Parma... No. Yeah, I think Palmer have the, the chockies here. So that one could be confirmed soon. Now, yeah. contract-wise, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe is close to signing a new contract at Arsenal. Five-year deal reportedly on the table there. Uh, Tyler Roberts signed a three-year deal at Leeds, keeping him there till June 2024. And Paul Pogba is currently in talks with Manchester United to extend his contract. Yes. Um, so just a little bit of fun fact about Palmer. They're in Serie B which makes sense, it's called Serie B, which is the second division of uh, Italian football. And their full name is Parma Calcio 1913. So uh, you don't learn that every day. (laughs) I Uh, learnt it today. (laughs) Well, there you You go. You don't learn that every day. Fun fact. Um, And now just quickly on to manager movements. Uh, David Moyes agreed to a new three-year contract at West Ham. That one's been completed. Huh? What did you say? David Moyes has got a new three-year contract. I thought you said 23-year contract. No, no, a new three-year contract. Um, So, yeah, that one's been official uh, by the club. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa is eyeing eyeing a new contract at Leeds, currently has one year left in his contract. So we may see him re-sign within, before, in the next six months. It'd Uh, be nice if he learnt a little bit of English too. Maybe. Surely he knows a bit. He's been living in Leeds for a while now. But it's been two, three years now. Yeah, does he yeah. Go to, they have a quite strong accent in Leeds too, so yeah, he could start he start learning English from a local and he starts <laughs> speaking like he's from Leeds. Could That'd do. be funny. Um, um, next, uh, actually, another thing on Bielsa, just after their last game, mm. I think there was like a photo or something. He was with the youth squad, uh, not the youth squad, like the like the little ones. I think it was like under 11s or something, and he was like giving them tips and stuff. Out on the pitch. I reckon he knows a bit of English. Um, <laughs> I think he must because they're not going to understand. Did you, did you hear the story? Um, this is a bit of a tangent. On Bielsa, famously known for how hard he pushes players and, you know, the diets and you have to weigh Murder in. Murder ball. Yeah, and you have to weigh in at a certain weight and yeah. you can't eat this and you can't do this and you can't drink and you can't smoke and things. Very physically minded, very um, ahead of his time and still pretty far ahead of a lot of managers. 
they were on a uh, Patrick Bamford said they were on a plane or a train or somewhere going to one of the games, and he came around with uh, some lollies, and he started offering it, and all the players were going. Uh, I don't oh, know, like should, but he's like, "What are you doing? Take, take one. I'm offering you, like I'm being nice." Yeah. yeah. But they all thought, oh, "Was it a test? Like, why, <laughs> yeah. why are you offering us sugar? That's a bit weird." Anyway, <laughs> I thought that was just a bit easy to catch. But, uh, um, yeah. Moving on, still Premier League related. Uh, Paolo Fonseca, the Paolo. outgoing Roma manager, being replaced by Jose Mourinho, mm-hmm. uh, is in talks with Tottenham. Um, now confirmed. that Tottenham, yeah, Tottenham officially appointed. Uh, Perisity uh, as their uh, director of football. So he is now, even though before he was officially, he was helping Mm. Tottenham uh, with this situation. Um, But yeah, uh, a three-year contract is being discussed or a two-year contract with the option extended for another one. He's open to accept the job if the contract agreement has been reached. Uh, So when it's offered, he will accept that. Final details set to be completed soon. Uh, announced during the week we could see that um, now one thing I wanted to do was quickly compare Fonseca with Mourinho uh, the games that he played um, well that he managed uh, so yeah this season or last season just gone they both finished 7th they had the exact same record 18 wins 8 draws 12 losses exact same goals for 68 goals against Fonseca had 58 to Mourinho's 45, so a little bit more. Uh, Mourinho has a defensive edge there. And they both finished on 62 points each. Now, just looking at that from the outset, Mourinho uh, wins with the goal uh, goals away. Uh, goals against, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're pretty... It's not like a massive step forward. I mean, you can't really have a step forward from Jose Mourinho, one of the best you know, managers the special in the world. one. But yeah, um, it looks like the way they're doing this, it looks like this is going to be a new age for Tottenham with Italian a new age. director of football, uh, Portuguese uh, manager. So yeah, um, I think if this one is to go through, I think we can expect Tottenham to, especially with Peru City as their director of football, they're not going to you know, let him go easily if, they, if things go south. But yeah, um, we could probably expect that one to be done in the uh, next week. And lastly, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo is one step away from joining Everton. Deals expected to be completed soon. Um, so yeah, we could see it. that announcement during the next coming weeks. And that's all for Transfer Whispers. Do you have anything else? Uh, no. Sweet. All right, we're going to move on to the fixtures, to the fixtures uh, upcoming Euro week. Now we're going to look at the fixtures for the upcoming Euro matches. Uh, we're starting off with the rest. We're starting off with the rest of match day one, which sees Scotland take on the Czech Republic uh, tonight, uh, but Monday the two and a half hours. Yeah, uh, at eleven p.m. at Hampton Park in Glasgow. Um, obviously, the last of the Group D matches to be played. Uh, we then follow that on with Poland taking on Slovakia on Tuesday at 2am at uh, St. Petersburg Stadium um, in Group E. Very, um, probably a close match there. Yep. Uh, get a bit of uh, Lewandowski action. The Scotland game could be close as well. Yes. Um, moving on to the Battle of the S's, uh, Spain and Sweden uh, taking on, on Tuesday at 5am at La Caccia Stadium in Sevilla. Um Another Group E match will be an interesting one there. Um, yeah. Moving on to... Did you want to say something? 
Okay. <laughs> Moving on to Group F uh, matches, uh, which sees Hungary taking on Portugal uh, on Wednesday at 2 a.m. at the Puskas Arena in Budapest. Um, interesting there. Uh, obviously, the Group of Death. Um, yeah. Group Hung- F. And Hungary are without their star man as well, Dominic Shabozla, So yeah. And I don't know if Portugal have agreed who's going to take the penalties yet. <laughs> and the last uh, match of Group F um, is France taking on Germany. Massive, massive game, uh, massive yeah. rivals on Wednesday, 5 a.m. at the Football Arena Munich, um, which, if you don't know, that is Bayern Munich's home stadium, the one that looks like a big half-cut-open soccer ball, a uh, football kind of thing. I don't know how to explain it. How, do you, how would you... It's a bit odd. What? Anyway, no, it's Bayern Munich like Stadium. Allianz Arena. Yeah. Otherwise known as yeah, Football yeah, Arena yeah, Munich. Yeah. Anyway, uh then we move on to the Euro match 2020 match day two, which sees uh, Finland uh, versus Russia in Group B on Wednesday at 11 p.m. at St. Petersburg Stadium. Yeah, uh, um, that one could be interesting. I could, didn't expect Finland to actually win. It could. I would. I was expecting Puki to score, so maybe he might in this one. <laughs> May. Um, next we have in Group A, Turkey taking on Wales on Thursday at 2 a.m. in the Baku Olympic Stadium in Azerbaijan. Um, good game. Turkey didn't get off to the best start. Um, Wales did reasonably well, um, drawing yeah. in their match. So Turkey will be looking to make amends here, and Wales looking to continue their form. Yep. Uh, moving on, another Group A match sees Italy taking on Switzerland on Thursday at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. at Olympico Stadium in Rome. Um, Italy looking to continue their great form um, yeah. that they had against Turkey. Yeah, I think Italy should. Should finish on top of the group with yeah. nine points here if they play the cards. If they keep doing uh, what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, we move on to a Group C match, which sees uh, Ukraine take on North Macedonia um, on Thursday, 11 p.m. at the National Arena in Bud- Bucharest. Not Budapest. Um, <laughs> Ukraine. This, I think um, yeah, I they think surprised against Netherlands. So I think that North Macedonia may have. If they keep doing minutes. what they're doing, I think they could become the surprise of the tournament. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, pretty big match. Only one game. <laughs> yeah. Um, fully backflip on Yeah, who pictures. knows? Anything, could happen. <laughs> Anything yeah. can happen in the last two yeah. games, yeah. Uh, uh, moving on to a Group B match, which sees Denmark take on Belgium on Friday mm. at 2am at Parken Stadium in Copenhagen. Um, Belgium, now the strong. Belgium all the way. Yeah, um, Denmark. You can't see Ericsson coming back for this one, sadly. But, no. um, yeah. I think Belgium. I even think though I would have tipped Belgium anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, Group C match sees ne- the Netherlands taking on Austria on Friday 5am at one. Johan Cruyff Arena this in one. Amsterdam. This one could be close. I think Austria might get the edge. Yeah. After the way they played. Um, but yeah, I but think Netherlands, knows? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, it's too hard. It's a bit too hard. It's still, yeah. it's only early doors. Yeah. Uh, the next match is... Uh, a group E match between Sweden and Slovakia. Another battle of the S's there on Friday Sweden at 11 again. p.m. At that whole group. Petersburg Stadium. Yeah, they all start with S, do they? Except for Poland. Except for Poland. Um, another <laughs> interesting match, I think, maybe, could be a bit of a surprising yeah, one. Haven't seen either of them play yet. So no, but... These ones are a little bit hard to predict. But Yeah. Uh, moving on to a Group D match, which sees Croatia taking on the Czech Republic on yes. Saturday at 2 a.m. at Hampton Park in Glasgow. Yeah, so we'll see Czech Republic play... Tonight. ...in a few hours. Yeah. Um, so we'll get their first glimpse, but I think Croatia's still stronger. 
Yeah, and they'll um, be wanting yeah. to get their um, Euro campaign back on track uh, yes. with a win over the Czechs. Here, another Group D match, probably. It's the one I'm looking forward to. The biggest match of the week, maybe if depends where you're from, but England versus Scotland. I mean, on Saturday at five a.m. at Wembley Stadium in London. And you're back in Scotland here. Look, I'd be happy with any result. Um, yeah, true. But I'd love to see Scotland beat. Beat, beat the English. I'd love to see the Scots beat the English. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd love to see the Scots beat the English at Wembley. Yeah. That would be insane. Um, yeah. They'll be right in that. That that would be enough for them, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and they've got a pretty good side. We'll see how they um, come up tonight, but yep. um, I'm actually quite excited for the Scottish team and the way they are could be playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we'll move on to a Group F match, uh, which sees Hungary taking on France on Saturday at 11pm at Puskas Arena. This could be a Budapest. This could be very interesting. Um, also, we haven't seen France play yet, so uh, you, I think what you see is what you get from France. So yeah, you know um, what to expect. The tournament it? favourites, you would be backing them in on this yeah. match anyway. Another Group F, um, of course, the D, uh, the Group of Death match um, sees Portugal take on Germany. This will be a big one. Very interesting. So you, um, you would expect Portugal to win their Hungary match, so. Uh, Germany will be coming off a tough match here, so who knows? Yeah, that still was very hard. It this, could go either that way. game could define who comes second or third because like, you'd third. expect France to go top. Well, at the moment, at the moment, no yeah. one's played yet, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this one will decide who goes second and third. Should do, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Oh, on Sunday at two a.m. at the Football Arena in Munich. Um, the next uh, match or the last match of uh, match day two um, sees. Spain, yep. Play Poland, battle of the S's. Almost <laughs> uh, on Spoland. Sunday at five AM at La Catcha Stadium in Sevilla. Um, yeah. Lewandowski to get one over on the Spanish. Oh, or couldn't predict. I don't know. Ram- I, don't, I don't think Spain. You know, Spain at their best is unmatched. So feel the pain. Poland, yeah, yeah, it could be pain. Battle of the P's there. Pain, pain for <laughs> Poland against Spain. And what do we uh, have? In the rain, uh, maybe. Um, what do we have lastly to finish this off? Yeah, um, so just to finish it off on Euro 2020 match day three, the, there are only two matches uh, that we'll cover before the next podcast, um, both in Group A, the first of which we'll see Italy take on Wales on Monday, 2 a.m. at Olympico Stadium in Rome. Yeah, yep. Once again, probably say Italy. Um, Italy, yeah, and that'll you know, seem Wales top can of the group. upset. Yeah. Wales can upset. They have done it in the past. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you remember the last Euros, they made it all the way to the quarterfinals or the semis. Quarters. Euros. Wales. Yeah. Um, did they play France in the semi? It was the semis, yes. I yes, think, yes yeah. it was indeed. Um, and the last being Switzerland taking on Turkey uh, on Monday, 2 a.m. in Baku Olympic Stadium. Um, funnily enough, Baku's never hosted the Olympics, to my knowledge, um, in Azerbaijan. Um, this one could go either way. Um, you'd probably say maybe Turkey, but you know we still have to wait for the next game. And yeah, it's very exciting. Um, these matches, I think there's no, apart from one or two, there's no real clear winner. Yeah, Wales. Uh, they played Portugal in the semi, not France, but still they, got to they the lost semi. to they lost to the winners, eventual winners. Yeah, so that says something. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all um, that we have for the 
uh, upcoming fixtures, obviously, because uh, that's all the football that's on that we are covering. Um, we haven't started tipping yet. We'll start that back when the Premier League starts, yeah. most likely. Um, Long wait in August. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's all we have for the tipping this week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. Make sure to follow us over on Twitter at 91 underscore pod for updates about us and the world of football. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at RP underscore shop. And you can follow myself at Thomas Hayes underscore. You can also find all of our contacts and references in the description of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya.